Got him. I even pump faked him twice. Got him. What up, Oasis people? We are back. Oasis podcast. We're going to get it rolling. Uh, We're going to dive straight into it today. We're talking about community. And uh, when we're talking... What's your name? My name's Brennan. Oh, I'm Ben, guys. (laughs) Who else we got here? I'm Dana. Sorry. All right. Now we can roll straight into it. When we're talking about community, what's your favorite memory with a group of people? A group of people. So maybe you have your favorite private memory, you know, where it's just you (laughs) all by yourself. (laughs) You know, this is a very... <laughs> but, like, what's your favorite communal memory? Ben's gone. <laughs> Jenny, you gotta go first, I'll go first. this guy okay. needs to recover. Oh, jeez. Right, so as a Wesleyan Church, we're part of a district and then a larger denomination of the Wesleyan Church. And so every year we get to, as pastoral staff, go on, like, a winter retreat with our district where they just kind of do some, like, pastoral care counseling. Not counseling, but care and, like restfulness things. So uh, I think it was two years ago, we went to Vegas <laughs> for our pastoral retreat. Just hilarious. Is hilarious. That idea. So that idea. Dana, is be careful because <laughs> no, I know. what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. I'll, I'll censor the story. <laughs> what happens in Vegas ends up on Instagram. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but so we went to Vegas and That's we nice. stayed at this super awesome hotel that had uh, like a buffet and like a pool or a, not a pool, um, Bowling alley. Bowling alley, thank you. I was thinking pool like... Slot machines. Yeah, I had slot machines, but we didn't do that. But one night, super late at night, we were like, let's do something fun as a staff. So we ended up eating super late and then going bowling at like 2 a.m. or something stupid like that. And we're all really tired. I mean, we're adults. We don't stay up that late anyway most (laughs) of the time. (laughs) But so we're bowling. We're having a great time. And if you guys know Pastor Sean, he was our youth pastor, he is probably the worst bowler I've ever seen in my life. Well, as far most, as his, the like, the yeah. form, the form. Oh, it's like, the most unorthodox. The, it's, it's, it looks awful, but his accuracy <laughs> yes. is great. Yeah. He was, like, getting strikes, and so Ben was like, if you get, what was it, three strikes? It was a turkey. A, you if you two. get a turkey, I will take my shirt off. <laughs> he had two, and he hit a third strike. He got the turkey. We're the only ones in the, well, there's like one other group in the bowling alley, but we go crazy yelling, screaming. Ben takes his shirt off in the middle of the bowling alley. It was just, it's like 3 a.m. We're tired, slap puppy. It was so, so funny. Vegas, baby. Vegas, Just baby. insane. Ben, what do you think? I mean, that's up there. Yeah. That is up. Within most recent, that is up yeah. there for sure. So one I'll go is, and I, yeah, there's a lot that I can talk about. The one, one that's just fun for me is there was a time my junior year in college at SCCU, me and a couple of my roommates, we, like, one of them loved to re- just record random weird videos. And he actually would, like, record videos for Oasis and, like, doing sermon stuff. And they were, based off what we can do now, <laughs> quality-wise, not great, but they were fun. Like, we made them fun, ridiculous, a lot of comedy. It was just it was just ridiculous. But one night, I was like, hey, let's just go around campus and just record us doing just weird stuff. So we went and we bought two of those inflatables that look like you're either riding like a flamingo or a llama. Mm-hmm. And so I put the flamingo on, and we were just going around campus and just like <laughs> racing each other and going down different hallways and dorms. And he just recorded all this stuff. And there was one where he got the video done. We were racing down the hallway, and he put the Chariots of Fire music behind, and I tripped. <laughs> <laughs> But that would have went TikTok viral. Oh, it would have yeah. crushed a hundred percent. Yeah, man. it would have. Um, but that was just that was just one of those like we had, were doing nothing. We just did it, and we were out for hours. <laughs> and I think uh, what are they called? Police. Um, oh, Campus PD. police. Yeah, UPD. whatever they call. Thank you, UPD, University Police Department. They came by and we talked to them for a little bit, and they're like, "Well, just don't do something stupid." It's like, 
Okay. Everything as we're I'm, doing is stupid. As I'm riding a flamingo. <laughs> and then we also took that, I took that same costume bowling one night. That was fun. Good bowling. Just, just bowling. go bowling. Yeah. Bowling is surprisingly way it's more great. fun. It's a great time. You think it's, it's all about be. the people you're with. That's oh, yeah, for sure. Because yep. yeah. Yeah. unless you're like an expert bowling, like we're, everybody's just like yeah. average. Yeah. Well, some people are below average, let's be honest. <laughs> but my favorite, probably group, one of my favorite group memories um, is I went backpacking in southern Utah two and a half years ago. Something like that. Maybe it was a little bit more three and a half years ago. But I'm not a big road trip guy. I'm more about the destination, not the journey. Uh, (laughs) So I only road trip out of necessity because it's usually cheaper than flying. Um, But for this one, it was a couple of us, and we had to drive from Brookings to, uh, it was like Bryce Canyon is where we started, which was like 18 hours, like all across Wyoming, all through Utah. It was so long. But it was like actually decent. (laughs) because <laughs> we got to like hang out and we watched the lord of the rings extended editions and they were really long they're like four hour movies so that was fun and then we went backpacking which was literally like legit backpacking where we packed into the backwoods where there was nobody else there and we would stay like like your poop needed to come out with you like your food was all on your back when you entered it like it was like backpacking backpacking like there was no running water like we got water from a stream and then had to filter it and boil it through like like we yeah. were surviving off of the land and i have never ever had the desire right, or bear girls yeah right <laughs> i'm so not that type of person but it was awesome so i'd totally do it again but i haven't yet because they all got married and now they're all having kids and we we'll probably will never go again you you are married too yeah <laughs> <laughs> But I'm, my, I'm more flexible work-wise. Jobs play into it. All right, that's different. Yeah. I wish we had a camera in here sometimes. Oh, yes. That yes, was so yes. funny. Okay. Here's where we want to transition. Community is what we're talking about. But the reason I feel like this podcast becomes so important right now is after what we've gone through in the last year and a half or so, after the hardship of living in some isolation or for some of you doing online school or just like the lack of being able to get involved in things and do the normalcy of life, community, I feel like people finally recognize the importance of community. Mm-hmm. Like I hope people did that like we can't do life alone. Like we're always supposed to be doing life with people. Like there's moments where, yeah, you can be alone, like introverts, especially you need to be alone. But like you also like you have to do life with people. And I hope we saw that over this last year. So then if we're going to start somewhere, I would just say, okay, if we're going to reflect, talk a little bit, why is community so important? Yeah, number one is the reality that we're relational people and beings. We are literally created to be in relationship with God. And to be in relationship with God is this recognition that we are to be in relationship with the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who has been in relationship from eternity, who's always been existing as one together. We're not going to get into theology of that. (laughs) Just trust me, please. And so with that, we were created in the image of God to be a part of the relational realities and beauty and blessing and and just awesomeness that was a part of being in relationship with God. And and some of the things about being created in the image of God, one is we're we're rational, which is why as humans, we're a little different than any other animals. We can think for ourselves differently. We're able to just, I mean, come up with a lot of different things. We're creative. The other thing is that reality of we're relational. And a part of that is we literally, we imitate and mirror uh, and how, by, by base of how we we're created in relationship, what the Trinity was together for all mm. time. So we enter into that relationship with them, but also then with each other as well. Yeah, that's yeah, good. So good. 
Yeah. Another reason is that relationships for us provide insight, wisdom, accountability, and support. And so just this, like we, our understanding of how the world works, of how we function is limited to ourselves. But when we're in community, other people can speak into that and invite into that. And you can draw like directly from Ecclesiastes 4, uh, verses 9 through 10, I just think are so beautiful. It says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. And I just love that reminder of like, as we come alongside support, carry each other, provide wisdom, insight, accountability, like we each are growing and, and sharpened through those relationships. And so like, yeah, that is a huge benefit of community that we will never get when we're in isolation Reminds or me alone. Of, few, of a few songs. One, a few songs. Friends Are Friends Forever by Michael W. Smith. <laughs> there you go. And then another Michael. You are not alone. <laughs> I'm here with you. Wow. It's Michael Jackson. Though you're far away. No, no, it's Michael That's Jackson. Good. I know that song. Oh, uh, he was I alleged as a uh, nope. Oh, uh, oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Alleged. Michael, we are allegedly. Sorry. We are sorry. Allegedly. Whoa. Greatest entertainer of all time. Got That's some, what you're gonna say, right? Got some bangers. Yeah. yeah. Some it bangers. Number one hit. Number one hit that he had as a single artist, not with the Jackson 5. Thriller. No. <laughs> Title of the song was Ben. Literally, it's called Ben. Ben. And he sang it about a, like, like a, a pet rat that he had. Because he, <laughs> he was so young, he didn't know how to like sing this song about intimacy or friendship and stuff like that. So he sang about rat. Anyway, it doesn't matter. That's wild. Um, so okay. we're meant to, yeah, we're <laughs> together. And then <laughs> another reason is important. It's a part of our faith. Something that you guys will hear me say all of the time is that our faith is not an individual one, but it's a communal one. We literally, because we were created to be in relationship, first and foremost, that's with the Father, with God, with the Son, with the Holy Spirit, but also with each other as a church. We are part of a bigger, yes, body of church called the church. We are a, a piece in that body. We we come alongside each other, like Dana just talked about, mm-hmm. in, in encouraging and bringing wisdom and insight to one another to help each other, literally pick each other up. Romans 12 Four through eight, for just as each of us is one body with member members, and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we though many form one body, and each member belongs to all of the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If your gift is, and then he goes through these giftings, and if you're around Grace Point in these past few weeks, you've heard Pastor Steve talk about this message because mm-hmm. he's going through Romans twelve of what the giftings look like. But we're here for each other. We're a part of the church, and so it's important to recognize: hey, the church is not again individual; it's communal. Mm-hmm. And then so, always. We seek to model Jesus. Yes. Jesus. So Jesus came as a little old, oh JC virgin birth, uh, little <laughs> little, baby. little baby Jesus, little baby Jesus, eight pounds, pounds six ounces, six ounces, yep. yeah. <laughs> little baby Jesus. I, I just watched that movie this summer. I sh- I shouldn't have because it's so dumb, but I I love that movie. It's hilarious. Uh, I like to imagine season. my Jesus in a tuxedo T-shirt and he's singing lead vocals with Leonard Skinner. <laughs> okay. Yes. So we're trying to model model Jesus. Uh, and Jesus lived in community, like yeah. constantly, mm-hmm. like his whole life he was in community. We don't get to see his childhood as much as I wish we could. Oh, yeah. But oh. when he becomes an adult and he starts doing ministry, you see he he has this group of like 70-ish people, 72, 73, if you include Jesus. Um, <laughs> but it, it, he lived with those people. They would follow him around. They would hear his teachings. They would do some teaching on, on his behalf. And they did ministry together, and that was part of his community. Then if you shrank it down, you had the 12 disciples but really it's the 13 think about it because <laughs> jesus is jesus there. is a part of it we're always saying we're talking about the 12 but it's no. like jesus was there. Let's, let's probably the 13 baker's doesn't get it yeah they baker's doesn't. 
And he did life with them even more intentionally. And, and they would always be together. Like these people lived together every single minute of every single day for three years. They walked life together. And then if you shrink it down again, Jesus had his three. But really, it was the four. Because Jesus is part of it. But it was uh, James, John, and Peter. So the three of them were together, and he he had a special relationship with those three, where he invited them into even more specific moments, oh. like the Garden of Yosemite, or to Mount Zion, the, or, Mount, the Mount of Transfiguration. Yeah. He, and then even when he raised a little girl, he brought those three, and it's just like yeah. oh, intimate moments. So there, there, Jesus lived in community, and it looked different, but every single moment of his life, he walked yeah. with people, and he he was he made sure that at the he modeled the Trinity, and he modeled what he had come from in oh, heaven. So, so good. Mm-hmm. After that. We get the why. We understand why it's important. In our souls, I hope you feel the importance. Yeah. And we just don't do well on our own. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, man, one of the greatest tactics of the enemy and how he tempts us is to put us in isolation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, don't don't share the problem that you have. Don't be vulnerable. You're not going to know that he anything he tries to do is to keep us from connecting, from being in the community, from being relational. Mm -hmm. So, what do you do in community? So you, you see it's important, mm-hmm. and maybe you find some people, but like, okay, now what do I do? Like, what's the point? Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, stuff. one is just a simple reality of just you live life. Literally yeah. stop, like walk step in step and live life with each other. This idea of Christian fellowship comes from the Greek word called koinonia, and it literally signifies and means sharing with someone in something, in something or participating in something with someone. And that's what you see in, in, in the early church of actually when they devoted themselves to the apostles preaching, to prayer, to fellowship, and bringing bread. And just like they live life together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they worship together. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like that was a part of what they did as a community. So if you're a part of the Oasis family, like you're a part of our community where we just worship together. And that's Sunday nights. That's in our small groups. That's that's what you mm-hmm. do personally with the people who are from Oasis. That's what we do at Grace Point on Sunday mornings. It's so important and a huge aspect of what community is. Yeah. I mean, thirdly, we encourage each other. So looking at the example in Hebrews 10, verse 24 and 25, it says, And let us consider how we can spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So just taking that time to encourage, to speak life into those people in your your sphere of influence, your community, um, to build them up, because, I mean, all of us want to be built up, but sometimes we have to also, well, not sometimes, we need to also be doing that, um, encouraging, building others up. Mm -hmm. In community, you're able to support one another. Yeah. You know, like in those moments, I have always loved the idea of, so when you're able to, it's Galatians 6.2, I think it's come up on a couple podcasts lately, but carry Mm -hmm. each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. But when we're supporting each other, it's when we get in the trenches, and we mourn with those we mourn, Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and it's the hard moments but when we're with each other in the hard moments, the, the good moments are so much yeah. better. Mm-hmm. Like I think when we think about community, we only want the positive. We only want the mountaintops. We only want the sunrises. We only want the party. We only want, like, we don't want the funerals. We don't want the hardship. We don't want the problems. Yeah. But you don't get the fullness of community, the beauty of what God has designed it for, unless you have both and. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. unless you walk with someone in the valley, like, you don't understand how important and how beautiful it is to be on the mountain. Yeah, yeah so good. Like the whole journey, the whole relationship needs mm-hmm. to be there. That's, so that's so yeah, even what you yeah. reference is in Romans twelve, the idea of weeping each other, weep rejoicing with each other. Yeah. I don't think we can rejoice fully 
absolutely and, and holistically yeah. unless we have wept yeah you got to know where they came from too. and the hardship they walked through to yes. be able to rejoice with so, them yeah and then finally so just the reality of confessing our sins to one another and praying for each other we talked about this a couple mm-hmm. podcasts ago i wish i memorized them it's <sighs> like brennan has <laughs> but james 5 16 confess your sins to each other pray for each other so that you may be healed the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective and just the reality of healing of what it looks like i mean confession needs to be a part of our in our, our faith as a person and that happens one as we confess in relationship to god but also confess in relationship to each other mm-hmm. that's where healing happens mm-hmm. yeah and so, community can just be fun it's yeah. fun dude like have fun with people go bowling take your like, shirt off i mean just like <laughs> i heard someone someone was asking once i don't remember exactly where i even was seeing it but it, I, I think it probably comes up a lot where it was like you know what like christianity just isn't fun like there's so many rules there's so many things like this discipleship stuff like i gotta i have all these obligations and these commitments and i'm always at church but like the life jesus offers you to me is like the most fun Mm -hmm. like it gives you relationship it gives you purpose it gives you passion it gives you opportunities to live all that out it gives you the people to walk with like we have to make christian life fun like that's not Christianity is the la- it's like the least anti-fun thing ever, but it's fun in the best way possible. So just explore and see like what flamingos you can buy at Walmart to Let's walk go. around campus. <laughs> just don't wear an Oasis shirt when you do it because <laughs> I'm going. I don't to know if I want you associated that closely, especially that new one that we got. It's like, hey, you going to it's Oasis perfect. tonight? Nah, think. dude. I saw some guy in a flamingo on campus. Those people are weird. I'm going to campus next week. I'm bringing my flamingo. There you flamingo go. Costume. You're gonna get arrested probably. Oh, dang, I probably would. It would be the first time. Just wear a mask. You probably get off then. Okay. Here's a final idea, and I know this is a shorter podcast, but that's totally fine, right? How do we join community? So we understand it's important. We see, like, okay, you live life together, you do all these things, but right now, some people listening are probably like, I just don't have it. Like, I just yeah. don't have people I feel like I live life with. How do we encourage them to get involved and to join community? Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's an intentionality that needs to happen, and that happens first and foremost where you recognize who are the people that are around me, mm-hmm. and then you make the first move. I think, like, and what's and, and I'm saying this to a lot of different people who are waiting for someone else to make the first move. Yeah. But if we have everyone make the first move, guess what? Community is going to happen. Relationships mm-hmm. will be established. Friendships will join. But recognize who automatically, immediately is in is in your sphere. Yeah. Yeah. I love the saying that community is forged, not found. Yeah. Yeah. Like you don't just stumble into nope. community. You don't just automatically one day it's there. Like yes. you forge it, you build it, you cultivate it, you yes. find that. You have to find it. I had someone come to me once and they said, I think making a friend is as easy as saying yes three times. Mm-hmm. And he <laughs> explained it because I was like, that makes no sense right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And he said, if you're just going to say yes to yourself internally to go have a conversation, like that's step one. Yeah. Then when you're in there, say yes to meet with that person, like coffee, f- food, meal, to, to join them for an event. And then the third time, yes, is to do it again or do yeah. it like at the end of the three times of those, like if you've hung out with them, you've had a conversation that's intentional with them, you've gone out and sought them out. Like at the end of that, you should have a friend, yeah. like yeah. someone like you can legit just hit up to hang out or to watch a football game or to like watch The Bachelorette on Tuesday nights or like whatever. <laughs> like that's what people I think sometimes they just lack, like they just want a friend and yeah. that's so good. You need to be intentional with it. And sometimes it's as easy as just say yes three times. Why don't yeah. we do that then? Why are we terrible at making mm. friends? We're prideful. I think yeah. it comes down to pride. It's good. Probably. Where I'm not willing to put myself out there because I don't want to look stupid. Mm. So like I know the community is the thing I need, but I don't want to ask because what if they say no? Yeah. yeah. Like what if I ask them to get coffee or go to a meal or what if I ask them to hang out on Friday night and they yeah. don't want to? Now I look like I'm dumb. Yeah. 
And that's pride. Like yep. that's insecurity. Mm-hmm. But if we're willing to recognize the things we need, we'll sacrifice for them. Yes. And we'll take risks yeah, in order to make great. it happen. Something that I've so wrestled good. with and have struggled with is because we had great, me and Abby, my wife had great community in college. And so I had to battle the selfishness of putting up those friendships and comparing those friendships with the friendships and the friends oh, yeah. that I want now. It's like, oh, you are a little off or not like what we had. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to be the same. And automatically then we just destroyed and, and, and put barriers up. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. it's it's don't put in comparison to friendships you've had before, especially if you're a freshman coming in. Like if you had great community yeah. in high school, like don't put that expectation there. No you can have great, deep, awesome, relational, supportive, not superficial friendships and relationships and community in the church. It just, again, as Brent said, takes time. Mm-hmm. But also don't be selfish. Yeah. Uh, Sacrifice for it. Yes. Yeah. Be willing to have your whole mold of what that friend could look like shaken. I'm learning that. Oh, yeah. You know, like the person I would, I have in my mind as my stereotypical good friend, like am I willing to have that mold be shaken so that the person who steps God places in front of me, even though they maybe are a little different personality or yeah. they look different or they have different hobbies, like I'm will- am I willing to invite them into my community yeah. and see what mm-hmm. that could look That's like? Good. So good. Otherwise, yeah. I think it's really important to recognize like family members too. Like if yeah. you've got a close knit family or like if you've got siblings or cousins or something like that, like they can be a, fa- a, a community aspect for you. I think it's important to recognize community should be present locally. That's good. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you can have community broadly through social media or video games or phones and like connecting, but there is something really important about where you're at, where God has you right now in the community, the actual area you're at that you should have people there you can connect with too. So yeah. sometimes that's harder with family and college because people move away. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, going off that lines, like engage where you're at. So in your work, in your classes, in your local church, like that's where like those people that you can be in community with who are present in your physical space, like engage in those aspects. Any other ideas? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, in my mind, the easiest way, especially when we're talking about Jesus and faith and being a part of a church is your church provides opportunity for you to join community. Mm -hmm. So invest in those, joining a small group, joining ministry team, looking at what it looks like to serve in different areas of the church. You find community in those aspects as well. Mm -hmm. Is there bad community? Yes. Show me your friends (laughs) and I'll show you your future, Brennan. Oh, (laughs) okay. (laughs) You got to expand on that? I I feel like I should ask a question off of that, but my mind's still... What's your question? (laughs) What do you mean, man? I think, yeah, who we surround ourselves with is going to influence us. Mm-hmm. And not only that, just the inputs that we have in our life influence us. Influence yeah. us. So if I put myself around people, solely only people who maybe don't prioritize Jesus, then eventually it's going to affect me in some way, shape, or form. To me, mm-hmm. that would be bad community. Yeah. Yeah. Or an aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Which can be hard to get out of because it's still yes. community. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, like community is about being relationally connected to others. Yes. So we build these relational connections to people who we truly care about, and hopefully they care about us, yep. but their priorities are unaligned with where we feel like God is calling us. Like as the church, as a Christian, like God is calling you towards sanctification, First Thessalonians 4, yeah. 3. Like he wants you to be sanctified. He wants you to grow in holiness. He wants you to become more like Christ. And if those people are hampering that, yeah. that they're mm-hmm. putting a damper on what God is calling you to, like it becomes bad community. Yeah. I may say 
and maybe just those this was hard for me when I first came to know Jesus, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's, I had friendships and relationships with people who didn't prioritize Jesus when I was starting to learn what it looked like to try to prioritize Jesus. And so what I needed to do and did not do well was recognize that this community now is different. Mm-hmm. And so I don't cut off, mm-hmm. but I have different expectations. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't do that well for myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's hard when you're in a midst of your feeling conviction and God's doing a work in your life to not really, really want that for your people and to try and force that and make that happen. And I I think that's what you said, like, let it be different. Um, Let God do a work in their life. Be present, be relational, be extremely prayerful, but don't force what's not there. Mm -hmm. Like, they're maybe not a person of peace. They're not, God's not doing that work in them yet. So uh, you might be a part of that work in the future, so still be connected presently now. Mm -hmm. And I like to say, and I try try to model this, even for my kids, it's, I'm not going to opt out of a relationship. Hmm. I'm going to be as intentional and purposeful as I can. I'm going to set boundaries where necessary, but I'm not going to opt out. Hmm. I'm going to allow them to. But if they're not going in a direction that I feel like God's leading me and they don't want to come with, the relationship is going to look different. And then if they fully want to cut off, they have that opportunity and choice. Hmm. But I don't feel like I can opt out or should. Based off, again, this is personal conviction of what is how God has led different aspects of my life and for different relationships that I have. It's the intentionalities look different with different relationships over time, yeah. but I'm not going to opt out. It just does look different, and boundaries are important in some yeah. of our relationships. Mm-hmm. And I think, especially for the the college young adult population we talk to, that like it's easy to point the finger at the party scene, where it says, "Okay, my friends go downtown, they get drunk, they go to house parties on Friday and Saturday nights, so I don't really have anyone else to call on those nights." Join a small group, see if you can connect with some different people, give you different opportunities. Like mm-hmm. there's other ways to find more friends that do different things. But those that's not all the, the examples of bad community. Yeah. You know, like bad community could look like uh, a group of friends that slander and they talk about other people and like that's just not healthy. You shouldn't be around that. And when you're around that, you hear that and you start to talk like that. Or people who like curse or use crude jokes or like are racist or homophobic, like those kind of things, like when you're around those people, you start to become like those people, even if you don't want to. It's just what you're being mm-hmm. formed into. So it's easy to point the finger at one group of bad community, but I would challenge you to examine where are areas where you're being negatively formed by any community. Yeah, um, and then push good. back against those and, and help tweak those. And especially if it's a Christian community, be in, intentional on making that more God-glorifying. So, That's so good. Anything else? Cool. Uh, We can't wait to see you live out community this year. We are praying it it stays super normal, um, (laughs) (laughs) supernatural and super normal. Uh, (laughs) Holy Spirit, come. Yeah. We love you. Thank you so much for tuning in each and every week, and we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.